0: Welcome, everybody. This week's uh, Thoughtful Thursday is going to be featuring and starring Ronnie Landis. He's the actual author uh, and speaker who's been very wonderful on not not only a national but international tour of developing the Life Food Peak Performance System. Um, This has become one of those secondary reference sort of uh, uh, natural healing and health bibles for, for myself in terms of really being able to turn to any page, any chapter when I'm questioning or concerning anything about doing something for myself. Clients, coaches, Um, he is actually still working and has done a fantastic job of putting a lot of this together and doing an actual uh, coaching package for holistic health. Uh, Health Holistichealthmastery.com is his uh, his new project, so check that out if you're interested in learning more about how to actually get involved in your own health and helping others become helpful. Uh, so definitely something to consider. Anybody catching us on the live stream or afterwards with uh, YouTube, we'll repost this video. Uh, can use the comp- uh, the code SMART10 in order to get 10% off of all of the products here from our relations. So without any further time taken away from Ronnie, because I know we're going to learn a lot this evening. Here is Ronnie Landis and his uh, wonderful presentation on the Life Food Performance systems. Thank you.
1: Cool. Thank you. Thanks. How is everyone today? You guys all happy to be here? Everyone knows where they are? Yeah? Okay, wonderful. Well, like Joseph said, my name is Ronnie Landis, and basically what I'm here to do is to share a message or a multitude of messages that are all intertwined together, which brings me to... This idea that I've been playing with a lot lately is this idea of obviousness and refining my perception of what's obvious and actually just understanding that what was obvious to me 10 years ago or actually what's obvious to me now wasn't obvious to me 10 years ago. right? But actually through my own maturation process and kind of looking back on my life and seeing where I'm at now, doing what I'm doing now, because what I'm doing now is completely different than what I was doing 10 years ago. Anyone relate to that? So now things dawn on me now that I'm like, that is the most obvious thing I, like ever, but it wasn't obvious to me then for some interesting reason, you know. And so I, I take a lot of different messages from my upbringing and personal development. I was very big into success philosophy. You know, Tony Robbins was pretty much like my big mentor and Jim Rohn and Les Brown and Earl Nightingale and uh, Jack Canfield and so, so many people names like a rattle off, right? And I was I, I had an upbringing of really looking at peak performers, looking at people that just excelled in their life and didn't give into this little thing called excusitis, right? And that's been a big kind of theme for me is that where am I making excuses for my potential? Where am I holding myself back? And then how can I just override that program? How can I just get more of the juice that's inside of me? How can I tap more of that, that genius potential? How can I activate genius right here and now? That's a question that I ask myself a lot. Not how can I do it tomorrow. How can I do it next week when circumstances are a little better? When I can, you know, when I have my finances dialed in just a little bit more, I have my my whatever, my emotions are set in there, kind of lined up, I feel better. Not a year from now, right? Now, how can we turn on the juice now? One of the things I have actually come to realize is that if you want to be more juiced in your life, it's a good idea to start drinking more juice. Really important thing, actually, I found that it's activated. Dormant levels of not just you know not just mental or physiological activations inside of me that's allowed me to override inflammation to override stagnation physically, but it's actually turned on genetic triggers inside of me that now being into raw food five six years and all these wonderful doodads that we're gonna talk about. I can actually feel a a level of core essence inside of me that I was unaware of before does that make sense it's a deeper level of uh, power within my body it's not just an idea it's not like oh that you know I'm powerful affirmations it's like no I can literally feel I'm starting to every day be able to tap into some kind of core primordial force that's intrinsic to this body that each one of us is gifted and That to me now feels pretty obvious, but again, it wasn't obvious. What I'm talking about, this is going to probably make a little more sense as we go down this little journey, it wasn't obvious when I first got started into this. When I first got started into raw food nutrition, because that's one of my big messages is I actually bring it back to living foods, and we're going to kind of go down that little rabbit hole and go through a sequential order of the way that I like to structure holistic nutrition. Because to me, it is a holistic. It's not just one thing, right? This lovely lady here asked me, what do you think about b 17 A Magdalen, right? Or Laetrile. And I was like, it's great, but that's not the thing. Right? But it's marketed as like, this is the cancer cure. Apricot kernel. That's the thing, right? Or B12, like methylcobalamin. That's the thing. Or whatever. That is the thing. How, how many times have we heard this in our infomercial reality and everything? Like, you know that's the thing for five payments of 1999. If you act now before this timer runs out, you'll get the philosopher's stone to eternal youth. But you got to act now. You got to pick up the phone. How many times have we all heard that kind of story, right? Oh, we've all we've been like burnt out on that, right? And it's actually caused us to be a little jaded. I've noticed that in society. I noticed that with people. So people are hungry for this new framework of. Of health because people are realizing the pharmaceutical allopathic reality it just ain't the deal right I grew up with Tony Robbins one of the things I got from Tony Robbins is that you can philosophize you can theorize all day long but if it's not producing results then you might need to reevaluate you might need to, to actually change your bias you know a lot of times in life we're going down this road and we're sticking to our guns right we're gonna go down with the ship Right? There's a really great phrase I want to share. The Titanic was built by experts. The ark was built by amateurs. Something to think about, right? We put, our, we put our, all our trust into some kind of authoritative figure. Maybe someone with a white trench coat that possibly slapped us when we came out of the womb that may, may have actually traumatized us from birth. I You know? right so we put our hands or we put our power in the hands of other people and expect them to actually guide us i know it's okay government here you go no problem i know you know you, we're going to you're going to lead us to to where we want to go the promised land or the doctors or the dentists whatever we all know the deal right so i think what's happening in our society and why i'm so passionate about this message and kind of being part of that millennial generation where my generation, we, we walked into this world like we want to know. We are, somehow, like every generation, I think that happens. It just, the veil is already kind of lifted just a little bit more. So I kind of came in like, look, I, I want to know what's going on. I want to know the truth. And I find actually now it's all converging that my parents' generation, a lot of people here, I can only guess, are kind of realizing like, hey, you know what? I'm not getting the results that I thought that I was going to get from the instruction of my, my pharmacist or my doctor, or my dentist, right? And I'm not even here to say that they are bad people or they're wrong or to, to point fingers. That's not why I'm here, right? I'm just here to make distinctions. That's my purpose. That's why I love getting in front of audiences like yourselves and just and just ranting and raving about this stuff because ultimately what it's all about at the end of the day, if you want to find your own, inner genius, you want to activate that juice within you, it comes down to refinement of distinction, refining the distinctions we make in our life, that's what this whole thing's going to be about, that's what this whole talk's going to be about, I remember Jim Rohn said that, do you guys know who Jim Rohn is? The late and great success philosopher, one of the the all-time great and most inspirational philosophers and speakers on so he was actually Tony Robbins direct mentor and I had the privilege of knowing about him from a young age he said something very interesting that I think he didn't even realize how profound it was is that success is simply a refinement or a refined study of the obvious we overcomplicate things all the time that's what we do humans that's what we do (laughs) Dada 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 dada, but right here, it's right in our face. In fact, I will go out on a limb, and this is my observation. I think the evidence, at least in my own life, is very clear on this: is that whatever you need is usually right in front of you, but it's camouflaged. It's camouflaged in a in a veil of obviousness, right? But we've been taught to to get out of our instincts, out of out of pattern recognition recognizing the patterns in life how do the patterns show up when i do this what tends to happen if i'm in a relationship and my spouse says this and i respond with this what is the pattern sometimes we need a pattern interrupt sometimes that's called cancer sometimes that's called diabetes or colitis or whatever myriad of names that we give to these things. This is basically just us hitting the guardrail of life. That's kind of just what I've, I've kind of put together in my own understanding and trying to figure out, like, what's going on in the world and how can we create a solution? Because we all know what the problem is. Is anyone here confused about what the problems are? Not just in the world, but in our own life. Right? All of us are dealing with some form of challenge. Why would we be here right now? Why would I be here? Why would I be talking about this if I didn't encounter some kind of opposition that forced me to have to, you know, have to start reevaluating my life? Right. So we know what the the challenges are if we're honest with ourselves. But ultimately, what we want to do is start to find out what are the solutions, what are the strategies and how can we piece these things together in a way that makes sense? in a way that we can take action on immediately, we can get our foot in the door, and is fun. That's a, that is a philosophy I have about health, is that if, if it's not fun, if it's not exciting, if it's not entertaining, then something's off. If you're not into arugula, but your doctor or your nutritionist, like, you've got to eat arugula, that's the thing, just eat it. If you're not into it, and you're like, oh, God, arugula, I just can't stomach it, then look, do something else, right? Try something different. And that's why you come to a place like this is because all you have to do is just come here, talk to Joseph, talk to one of the guys here, and be like, look, I don't know anything about anything. Help me. That's it, right? You got your foot in the door, and you're looking around, and you're like, wow, this looks cool and weird. But, you know, maybe they know what they're doing. Let me have an experience. Let me test something different, see what kind of result I get. Help me, you know. And then that, that's what they do. They're here to help you, right. And then from there, you come here regularly. You start to look, okay, I can order on a new menu board, right, the menu board of the universe, getting into intention. Actually, most people I find, myself included at times, the reason that, Things overcomplicate. The reason that we get caught up and confused about things, especially when it comes to health, is that our intention is off. We don't even know what we're trying to do. right? A lot of people are like, I want to get healthy. Okay, what does health look like? We use that word so much. To me personally, health is just a natural byproduct of being alive. But really what health is about to me is, is just vibrancy. It's energy. It's life force, right? Like Who here has ever bought a diet book before? A diet for all reasons, whatever reason. We've all done that, right? Well, here's how you can make a distinction right here and now. Before you buy the book, before you read the book, turn the book over and look at the picture of the author. And then look, like through innocent perceptions, they're like, hey, do I want to look like that? And then, boom, you can make some distinctions really quickly, right? Because we can get really into like, credentials and accolades and all that stuff is fine, well, and good. But really what it comes down to is is life force. The way I judge health, when I'm going and I'm talking to people, the number one barometer that I use is not their credentials, it's not where they went to school, because guess what school entails? Sitting down for eight hours. That's what, I mean, you want to talk about like getting really clear and obvious? Sitting down, the sedentary lifestyle. That's a big one. If you want to activate the triggers inside of you, you want to start to change your emo- your emotions. Remember, energy in motion. People that have emotional issues, they get stagnant, they sit down, they're processing everything. I got friends who are just processing it all day long. Like, oh, I'm just processing this. Like, okay. But you could just actually change your state by getting up and moving. Right, has anyone ever had that experience? You're going through something, you're just dealing with something. What, what's the best remedy? Is it sitting down and mulling over it? Or what do you, what do, you do? Like for me, I'm like, oh, I get frustrated. Oh, I don't sit there and deal. I don't go through that anymore. I just like, okay, I'm going to put on my shoes. I'm going to go for a run. I go for a walk because I need to get in motion. That's literally what, you know, from a Chinese herbal kind of perspective, it's just qi, stagnant qi. So once you start to move around, all that stuff inside of you, that all that confusion starts to mobilize. Starts to move around and then your insights come, right? Who's tried to sit here like the armchair, remember that statue just sitting here doing that all this, all this head stuff, right? That we're all trained into? How many times have you walked off some kind of issue and then your solution showed up when you least expected it? Has that ever happened to anyone here? Right? It just comes when you least expect it that's kind of what we're talking about but there's a few other goodies here too so before I jump into kind of the meat and potatoes here um, pun intended we're not going to talk about meat and potatoes by the way not really my thing we're going to go a different direction but one thing I do want to share with you I'm really thinking about this whole refinement of obviousness distinctions creating distinctions in our life because if we can create a distinction not good or bad, not yes or no necessarily, but does this serve me? Does this not? Does this make sense to me? Does this not? And drawing that line and becoming clear. For example, I got a distinction for you. People are very caught in this one, and I found out the perfect response for years. I, I was so flabbergasted by this when people would say, oh yeah, I, I eat junk food. Like they would say the words. Like now I get why people eat junk quote-unquote, junk food. By the way, food and junk, like if it's junk food, it's not food. That's a distinction. Right? It's not actually food. Let's, let's just draw that in the line right there. But then I, I was just kind of like, I, I get emotional. Like <laughs> I couldn't even think of a, a logical response. Like, really? Okay, I guess, I guess that's what you're supposed to be doing then. I got nothing for you, right? There's nothing I can do for you. If, if I have to convince you that spending an extra 50 cents on organic is worth it, then I I don't know. I guess that's what you're supposed to be doing. So I used to get like in these little emotional like, kind of loops, but then I started to think about it. I was like, you know what? It's interesting. When I was a child, I used to play in the sandboxes, right? And I would enjoy it. I'd have fun. But I don't do that anymore, right? It's the same exact reason I used to eat junk. I used to eat whatever, like the window diet, pull up to the window, get your... Your food byproduct meal, whatever the plastic burger, the bionic burger. Have you guys seen that, by the way, online? The bionic burger. My friend Len Foley did a video years ago, and he basically wanted to see how long like a McDonald's or Burger King burger would last and basically just last indefinitely. It never went out. It was like years and years and years, and it never molded or anything. So they called it the bionic burger, right? And so, anyways, I don't eat that for the same reason I don't play in the sandboxes anymore. Because while it was fun when I was a child, I'm an adult now. That, to me, it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, it's a maturation thing. Some of us haven't quite actually, although physically and, you know, as society would dictate, because we have families and we have a job, we have a business, whatever, we're on our way to retiring right, remembering entire, like, whatever, as a side thing, we haven't, some of us haven't fully matured into who we really are, and that was a big thing for me, because then I realized I had more empathy, I was like, oh man, that's right, it's not just about the food, it's, it's the psychology, it's the, it's the, what all the coping mechanisms in society we use to cover up the emotional patterning, right. So that's a distinction I want to make for anyone that maybe that'll hit for anyone out there is that, you know, it's, it's nothing to take personal. You know, because I know a lot of people have quote unquote food addictions. Right? That's, another, that's another thing that we could go into a whole rabbit hole on, right? And, and we have a lot of emotional associations, um, holidays, family, whatever around that, right? So I want to make it very clear that it's not your job to personalize those things and to be like, okay, you know, to have guilt, fear, and shame about it. That, to me, is really important to just kind of put out there because I know that I get away from it sometimes because I'm in my own little world, you know, and superfoods and herbs and supplements and kind of over here with it, and I forget, like, what most people are are just kind of enduring on a day-to-day basis in their life, right? And so when you get into this thing, it's a little bit different. You start to experience more entertainment. You start to experience more joy, more bliss. Literally, you start to experience more levity in your body. And when you start to free up that that like inflammatory stagnation, when you actually get a good night's sleep, it starts to send off some distinctions. You start to realize, like, wow, maybe I haven't actually had a good night's sleep, right? Because we're really good at getting by. Human beings are really good at surviving but we're not necessarily wired, or we're not programmed or educated to thrive. And that's kind of where I come into this thing. It's like, look, we've done enough surviving. We, we've we proven we can survive for millions and millions of years. Right, we're, we kind of, we're, we're done with that, at least I am. And I'm, I'm on to how do we thrive in every area of our life, not a year from now, not a week from now, not an hour from now, but how do we turn something on inside of us Right here and now. Does that make sense? Is that reasonable? Does anyone, does that resonate at all? Okay, great. So, raw food, raw living plant food. That's where I'd love to start here because to me, that's where it all starts from. That's not where it ends, but that's where it starts. And that's where it started for me is really when I got into living food, my life was going one way. It was going one direction. And then like a flash, it, it just stopped me in my tracks and took me on a completely different direction that I had never, ever expected. To do what I'm doing now, to be speaking on stages or speaking in front of you or speaking on this at all was completely off my radar not at all what I thought I was going to be doing but sometimes you know the higher power has to intervene when there's a reluctance for us to do that ourselves or just to help guide us in a new direction everything that I did in my life before great awesome I got what I needed out of it time to to take all that because we never lose anything from our past this is something I find people get stuck in in the old story right people are basically carrying A sled with 20 pounds of past and baggage into their present every single day, and it's weighing them down. I found that actually there's this thing where we don't want to break that chain. We don't want to lose our memories. You're not going to. Just because you are becoming the new you and you're entertaining new ideas and new lifestyle factors, you don't have to give up anything, right? Right? Everything that you've been through, everything that you've learned, all your relationships, everything like that, you take the best of the best into your present and your future and you leave what no longer serves you. And that was the gift that raw food gave me. Now, it may sound if you it may sound kind of esoteric or metaphysical or totally just like what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with food and nutrition? It, to me it has everything to do with it and it's a message that I had no idea about I had no idea that I could actually change my inner working by changing my diet I had no idea about that that was completely lost on me because I was in like Flintstone vitamin chewable vitamin consciousness right acronym diet KFC whatever else I totally forgot about is still out there you know all that stuff. I could, you know that's where I came from tombstone pizza I'm gonna say again tombstone pizza the messages are everywhere you just have to pay attention it is the refinement of the obvious right it's it's if you eat it it's you're gonna become an it's it right so anyways moving forward when I got into to living food basically the way it started for me is I started green juicing I started vegetable juicing now That, as simple as it sounds, that activated something in me. It it turned some triggers. One of the things it did for me was that it it basically liquid plumbered me. Does that make sense? It caused me to pull the cork on the, the bathtub. What do I mean by that? I mean that all the stuff that I was harboring inside of me from the past all the food that had basically been accumulated in my intestinal tract that I i didn't know. I seemed fine to me. Right? But then I started to find out as I did my studies I went and checked out like John Wayne and Elvis Presley. I came across my research when Elvis Presley died on the toilet by the way, he had about 60 pounds of fecal matter in his intestines when they did the autopsy. John Wayne, I think it was like 40 pounds, right? The meat, potatoes, steak, maybe a vegetable, pesticide-sprayed vegetable every once in a while, wilted probably, you know? So when I started to, like, realize this, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should uh, actually start to take some action here and see what's plugging me up, right? So green juicing, how how I got in the door. Then after that, it was basically water-rich fruit. Right? If I'm I'm gonna break this down for you guys real quick, some people may not fully understand what raw living food is. Some people think raw food is like it's raw sashimi. It's raw chicken. It's raw beef from some factory farm. Right? That one may be clear. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living, meaning not cooked, not processed, not genetically modified plant food. To me, that's where it all starts. That's the blueprint of human nutrition. Pretty much everything that we need to do do to design our live-it lifestyle, because the word diet has the word die in it, right? So we don't really, we change our whole concept of what that is. We move towards a live-it lifestyle that causes us to actually have a little more life force in in our body. And that basically looks like vegetables, fruits, nuts seeds, fermented foods, edible flowers, sprouts, seaweeds, superfoods, tonic herbs, and I put in natural supplements into that whole category. If I were to just like, what is that all about? That's pretty much like that is pretty much what it's all about to me. Now we're gonna go and kind of break that down. Okay, Raw plant food as the, as the foundation, basically what it comes down to is designing your own metabolic mastery program. What do I mean by that? That When I get into like hormones, I get into blood sugar, hypoglycemia, get into any issue really that, that's related to, to the body. It's all related to hormones. It's all related to that, that kind of piece. That's an in-depth piece, so I don't want to go on a tangent just yet but it really comes down to understanding how your metabolism works when i say metabolism does everyone kind of understand what i mean by that basically how your body processes food and turns it into energy it's a very simplified way of putting it basically everything that's going on in your body is a metabolic process how your hormones are being produced but if you want to simplify the nutrition message and figure out, okay, I've heard all this information about nutrition. How does, what do I do? Because here's the thing I could sit here and tell you about what the best diet is or the best live it. Eat fruits, eat vegetables, eat nuts, eat seeds, eat seaweeds, eat superfoods. Okay, done. Great. Lecture's done. Great. Have a great day. But you have no strategy. It all it all comes down to having the right strategy. So the way that I can simplify it for you in this talk is understanding whether you are a dominantly a fast oxidizer or a slow oxidizer. What that means is that fast oxidizers are typically people that have um, what's called a natural sympathetic state. Their nervous system, or you know, their whole neuro um, Nervous system complex is basically how you deal with stress, how you mobilize stress is usually sympathetic, meaning that you have a lot of energy, basically. Like, you you know, you're like me, like, boom, I, you know, I'm, I'm like very energetic, right? I tend to be a little more lean by nature, a little more fit. I'm an athlete too, but that's kind of my physical frame. And you also process fats better than you do carbohydrates as a dominant fuel source. Right? I want to to kind of sit with that for just a second here. Because this, in my opinion, is probably the greatest distinction when it comes to identifying what foods are actually going to work best for you. Is this distinction here? Are you a fast oxidizer? Are you a slow oxidizer? Slow oxidizers tend to be what's called parasympathetic. So they're a little not that they don't have a lot of energy, but it's a little more conservative, a little more relaxed. We might call introvert, even though that's not really accurate at all. But just a little more relaxed in their energy. They don't, they're not as exert... Um, what's the word? Exertion, right? I'm, I'm just like, I can constantly exert myself over and over and over and just kind of keep going like an energizer bunny. Not everyone can do that, right? So for for those people, The slow oxidizers, they typically process carbohydrates and slow burning carbohydrates a little better as a dominant fuel source. Not saying that you only eat fruit. Right? Some people do that. And some people with varying results. Not always the prettiest situation. Right? I've seen that. I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful in the raw food world. And it's interesting. I don't know how many people here have like gone all over YouTube and looked at some of these characters, and I know a lot of them actually. So I see what's going on behind the scenes a lot of the times. And so you, it's a, it's an amazing, powerful lifestyle, but you kind of have to dial it in for your own unique metabolism. So some people here may already kind of think like, well, you know, I I do tend to like operate better on a fat fuel source. Right? For me, for example, what that looks like is in the morning, I can pretty much fast on water. Now, I couldn't always do that. That wasn't even something I even thought about. But at some point, I got this idea that, hey, maybe I should start doing this whole fasting thing. Maybe I should unload the loading dock of my food supply and just kind of like give my digestion a break and see what that's all about. And then as I did that, I realized, hey, you know what? I can actually carry this out pretty well in the morning, and I don't have to, to eat for energy. Because food doesn't give you energy, by the way, if anyone's confused about that. The most depressive thing you can do on your energy system is to keep eating food. That is a powerful principle. That is an insight that raw food has taught me over the years, is that food does not give you energy. And if you want to see that in action, observe the Thanksgiving dinner table. You tell me what happens. Does anyone ha- have a reference for that? Right? Who do you know anyone in your family who eats a full course meal and then's just like, okay, ready to go? It's rare, rare anomalies out there. There are there is that. But typically people, you know, people here's a here's a great example. I've seen examples of people that, that have run 10 K mile races or 20, you know, whatever the, the marathons. Yeah, like Ironman marathons. Yeah, these crazy, insane two, three-day marathons, sleep deprivation, starvation. And when the whole thing is done, they're talking. They're up and right. They're talking. They're good. But if you eat 10 courses, you're, you're passed out, right? You can't do it. So that's a key, a key insight is that food is only one part of that puzzle. You know, As far as I know, we need food right but we need the right type of food for our own metabolism and this is something that is unveiled to you over time i wish i could just give you the pill i really wish i could to just say like you know what it's this thing it's the sweet potato that's the thing for you and if you do that then all your problems will be will be solved but the reality is that it's a holistic picture so if we first start with this picture of you know what identifying what happens in the morning for me? What do I gravitate towards mostly, right? If we take out, like, maybe processed foods and that kind of thing, and we just kind of sit with it for a while, think, like, do I, do I tend to go towards, like, the oatmeal, the cereal, right? What, what kind of thing am I going towards? For me, my morning consists of basically, like, a tonic. That's the first breakfast I have when I break fast. It's usually a tonic with like a tablespoon of coconut oil with maybe some cacao, some maca, something like that, right? Just enough calories in the form of fat that, I, that processes really well in my body that allows my body to kind of kickstart but doesn't bring, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't bring me down. I'm not tired and fatigued afterwards and I'm also getting my herbal goodies in and everything like that and that's actually something I recommend each person try out because if you're confused right now listening to me like well okay you said there's this side there's this side but like what do I do with that here's what I'd advise all of you do most of the population tends to run on fat as fuel not only but just as as a dominant theme this is I'm theming this right It's been figured out that most people are fast oxidizers and a smaller portion of the population are uh, carbohydrate-efficient. That's why we have such an epidemic of diabetes, right? And and most of the carbohydrates people are are consuming are not organic, water-rich, seeded vegetable, or fruits, I mean, right? What are most of the carbohydrates people are eating? right? Like, well, we can start, like, we can go with, like, spaghetti, wheat. Here's what it it is. You want to, like, really, you want to, like, short track a lot of this right now? I'll give it to you right now. Wheat, corn, soy, dairy, sugar. What are the top food allergies that are causing most of the behavioral issues in our society? Wheat, corn, dairy, soy, sugar. And I I mean factory farm meat of course obviously but those are the five food allergies that's a whole nother part of this because you will begin if you can eliminate those things and not just eliminate here's a principle I need to share with you guys because this principle is the governing principle of metabolic transformation is that you can't create a void I've learned this in my life being very hard-headed being very like extreme like I'm not gonna do this anymore I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Or this relationship sucks. I'm getting out of this. What ends up happening though? The universe has a way. There's no voids in the universe. A something has to come in to replace it. Do you notice this? If you create an empty space, something will just Kah! It'll show up to replace that void. No different in our food. Definitely no different in our food habits, right? Because if we're taking something out, we're just, We're we're unconsciously going after something else. Has anyone noticed that you maybe, you know, you got a bag of cookies, a bag of potato chips or something? Your intention was to have a couple, but then you you got distracted by a TV show or something, and then you looked down and the whole bag was gone? (laughs) anyone? Yeah, Yeah, right. I think we've all been there, right? Because our mind went, and then our hypoglycemic tendencies kicked in, and then we, we went for that. And I could I could rant and rave all day about the insights I've gotten just from raw living food, just walking this path one step at a time, just step by step, not even overwhelming myself, not even thinking that, oh, I need to go all overnight, because that's something I advise that it, it doesn't, it works for some people in, in the sense of getting you in the game. Because I do believe in immersion. Like immersing yourself in the thing that you want to get better at. The thing that you want to learn. The thing that you want to really like dive into. It's best to just immerse yourself. But everyone's different. Your, your temperament's a little different. So for most people, I just advise just find something that you're attracted to that makes sense to you. Add that in. It's a principle called subtraction by addition, powerful, just add it in, right, you're looking at the dairy, wheat, corn, soy, sugar, refined sugar, by the way, I don't want to, this whole sugar phobia thing is a trip to me, because I'm just like, okay, but we've taken it to such an extreme that, like, we're, like, fruit is the culprit, it's like, come on, how many people in this, in this society are eating, like, really good fruit? And you think that that's going to be the problem? Like, we need to get off Wonder Bread. And Wonder Bread, by the way, like white bread, is basically crystallized sugar as soon as you put it in your body. It's just the amylase enzymes in your, your mouth, which are carbohydrate enzymes, which actually proves to me that humans are designed to eat carbohydrates. Does that mean we're only designed to eat carbohydrate? Because see, this now this is the whole nutrition thing. I don't know how many people have been deep into it, but when you get deep into like the online stuff and all these different caricatures that are talking about this diet and this diet, people love to pose things in the extreme. Does anyone notice that? Like, who's confused about like low fat, high fat, vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, paleo? Like I've, been, I've been through it. I've been through every iteration of diet, and I'm over here now like you're all crazy because there's actually a place when you get out of that kind of little romper room thing going on where everyone's just these talking voices are just arguing for the sake of, like, you know, insecurity. And then once you get out of that typhoon and you're over here, like, you know what? Actually, there's value in everything, if I were to kind of deduce what I believe is the most ideal representation of the human you know, fuel supply based on archaeology, based on all the historical evidence, based on where we are now, because we could look into history. We could do the Flintstonian caricature, which is otherwise known as the paleo diet which I definitely don't even think that's even what happened, cavemen and everything. I don't buy into any of that. That's a whole other thing. But we have to look at where we are now. We can take a lot of that and be like, okay, the last 100 years, industrial revolution, we've pretty much been eating food byproducts, and you know, that's obviously a mess. So now we get back to food. And also understanding that we live in an environment saturated with a level of toxicity that was never ever present in human history. Now, this is where it gets into, you get beyond just the food thing. And you start to realize most of the food, especially the paleo diet, I got a lot of stuff, I got a lot of issues with that. I had a, um, I had a woman come up to me trying to think, Boom. I had a woman come up to me two days ago and she had been through different different things and she had been working with a trainer and her trainer like oh you want to lose weight eat 80% meat I was like I, I was like wait what what did she say she was a fitness trainer right she's like no yeah eat 80% meat to, to lose weight I'm like no mention of a vegetable no superfood smoothie no green, eighty percent meat. Okay, interesting. You know what the problem with meat really is? It's not just I'm a vegetarian. Great, wonderful, awesome. That's fine, I love. That's great for me. But you know what the real problem with the meat-based diet in our world? A, it's insensitive. There's no. That's a bit heart disease, number one epidemic in the world. We could talk about calcification. We could talk about plaque formations. We could talk about stroke capillary breakdowns. We could talk about all that none of it matters because the number one thing with heart disease is a disconnection from our heart. Heart disease is a manifestation of insulating our heart from this world, from ourselves. Factory farming, right? That's a big deal. So let me get back to my point here. The main problem going on with meat is that it's a storage container for environmental toxins. This goes with all fat, but dominantly in the tissue of animals. If you really want to look at like our ancestors and how they operated, and that's not even a great depiction because, again, we live in this world totally different. Now, am I here to say that you have to be a vegan vegetarian? No. Distinction. I'm making a distinction. Because when you go out into this world and you listen to all these people talking this thing, that thing, they're not making distinctions. They're just saying, oh, no, you need to do it this way. Does that make sense? Is that reasonable? Is that what I'm saying making sense on that level? Okay, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Okay, so that's a really important consideration when you're looking at, like, well, maybe I should entertain more of a vegetarian type of diet. That makes sense on some level because the the real healing factor in an animal is not really the tissue. It's not the meat. The, the meat is really like tendons, cartilage, uh, muscle, five, a random carving of a mu- a muscle of an animal. Now, I didn't even know that until like, year, like a few years ago. I didn't even dawn on me. I'm like, that's a muscle of an, a cow? Whoa! Okay, that just—I thought that was meat. Like, wow! I guess I didn't even know what that was, right? The real healing factor in animal nutrition is actually, in my opinion, it's bone broth. It's in the bones. That's the real healing factor. It's not the musculature. When you eat the muscles, you're getting closer to it, but that—that's like dead information. It's corrosive. It's abrasive. It's definitely inflammatory. I don't care what anyone, grass-fed, grass-finished. That's great, and that's an upgrade. We want to upgrade everything. We want to move in the right direction. But ultimately, it's highly inflammatory by its very nature. It's acid-based. The mineral content in meat is based on acid, phosphoric acid, phosphorus, sulfur. And those are actually healing minerals in the right application. The problem in that scenario is that there's too much of it. And when you overburden your body with acid minerals, you start to become more acid. We've all heard of acid alkaline. Who's confused about acid alkaline, by the way? That's a whole nother trippy situation. You guys, people are like, you need to get alkalized or die. The pH miracle. I've met him, by the way. I'm not going to say the name, but you go investigate. I've met him, and I'm like, whoa. <sighs> okay. Uh, either you're not taking your own, your own advice or just something went, went wrong, right? Really what dominates the acid-alkaline equation is three things. It's, most people talk about food as if food is the holy grail of human nutrition. You catch what I just said? As if food is the holy grail of human nutrition. Do we understand that we derive energy from more things than food? I already kind of talked a little bit about that, right? We do produce energy from food if it's the right food from us for us, but we also produce energy from water. I mean, as our baseline source of sustenance, water is like right up there: water, oxygen, sun, photons from the sun, grounding, getting barefoot on the earth. So if you want to you want to figure out acid alkaline, it's three things: it's electricity which is basically what we call negative and positive charge, okay? You've all seen like an acid-alkaline battery? Guess what we are? We're like a battery. Your adrenal glands are basically your battery pack, right? New way of thinking about it. Adrenal exhaustion. Adrenal fatigue. What is that about? You burnt out your battery. Oh, okay interesting because I don't know about you but when I hear it phrased a certain way instead of like this like mathematical scientific like thing that I don't even it's not even designed for me to understand when I'm reading peer reviewed studies that probably aren't even true and when I just phrase it like that's your battery pack oh so you're telling me I've burnt out my battery pack huh okay then that creates something in my mind where I'm like okay How do I restore my battery pack? Well, one way you can do it is getting more negative charge. What does that mean? Alkaline. How do you do that? What's the quickest way to get more of that charge? Because we are electric. We are electrolytical. Everyone move your hands for me right now. Can we all just like do that? Yeah. This is crazy. I when, I, when I was a kid, I remember riding backseat in my grandmother's car and I was just like doing this and I was like, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not what the. But how does this thing work? There's a current of electricity flowing through our nervous system, our neuromuscular system. And I don't know how it really works. I can pretend and talk a good game, but real, I don't really know. And, but it, But it's working. This whole thing is moving around, right? One of the quickest ways to increase your electricity, your electrical sufficiency is to take your shoes off and go into the grass at a park, go into a beach, the sand, something, a natural surface that has what's called conductive negative ions. It basically helps you conduct the right kind of electrical charge and you'll notice this. Who's ever been to the beach before and they thought they were going to have a grand old time on the beach, and then they fell asleep. Yeah. I had a friend who just told me that. She's just getting into all this, and she's like, I went to the beach and I fell asleep. I'm like, yep, it's because you need to go to sleep. And But we're insulated, and in our, our rubber sole shoes are basically our cast. They're basically cast on our feet. I bet you anything, I could talk all, I could wrap your head around all this. And one thing that might make more of a difference in your immediate life right now is this information I'm talking about, getting grounded. And actually getting out of the shoe. One thing happened to me that proved not only do you become more electrically sufficient, you get your body back, you get your alignment back. That was that right there. I read a book called Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. That's how I got into this. Before that, I didn't even know what a vegetable was. Right? I barely I was like, what? I was totally clueless on all this. That's how I actually got into the game. And one of the things I got turned into turned on to was that around in the 1950s when Nike started, that was the time if you trace back when osteoporosis, osteoporotic issues, hips. Knees, ankles, neck, back issues, structural issues. When we had this major epidemic of all these structural issues, arthritis, when did it, when you trace it back? You trace it back right when Nike started to come out and started to convince us that we needed foot support because the human atomical structure is not perfect. You are not perfect, therefore, you need this this shoe support when you run and not only that you need our sole support that we put into the shoe and then you need braces and mercury fillings and everything else right and now just on that note actually i'm not going to go there. we're going to skip that but that that right there was the biggest got me in the game and once i started to take my shoe off and like Oh, wow, okay, this is interesting. Luckily, I grew up as a martial artist, so this wasn't foreign for me. But I can tell you, about a couple of years after I started doing that, I went back to my mom's house, and I tried on an old pair of basketball shoes I had. Really interesting, what happened was that they were the size I've worn all my adult life, size 12. I put my feet in those shoes, they didn't fit. They were, like, really tight. And I was like, whoa, so you're telling me my feet have been in a cast this whole time. What happens if you keep a cast on? You lose muscle atrophy, you muscle wasting, you don't you, you you don't use it, you lose it. We've all had that experience at some point, right? It's a big, big part of the puzzle right there on regaining your health sovereignty. The other part of acid alkaline is water. There's a whole long subject on this, but basically what it comes down to is the content of hydrogen that's actually present in the water. We all Oh, man, the water story is a big one. We all think like H2O, right? Right, H3O2. Has anyone ever heard that? You never heard that in chemistry? Okay, H3O2 is actually... The mo- is the most uh, where I'm looking for it appears to be the state of water that none of us were educated on, and appears to be the most healing state of water. Three hydrogen, two oxygen. That's one. Yeah, it's basically just highly conductive. And so when you and I'm a I'm big into spring water. That's my preferred medium for water because what raw food did for me again is that it opened me up to the reality that everything I thought was food, everything I thought was whatever, was completely based on some kind of synthetic programming, some kind of plasticized, antibioticized, chlorinated, fluoridated reality I was under. As soon as I started to clean that stuff out of me, I got a shower filter. (laughs) I started to clean all that like residue out of my body. I started to wake up. I started to realize, like, wow, okay, where does water come from? We talk about living food. What's really going on with living food? Is it enzymes? You've all heard the enzyme story, right? Powerful piece of it, but one thing you need to know about enzymes, because I'm big into enzymology, very big into that, and through years of studying that, I came to realize you're not really getting enzymes from raw food. That's not really what... That, the food isn't designed to donate enzymes. Like, that's what we've all been told. Now, I'm not saying it's, that's not a powerful thing. All that's really doing... The, the enzyme... By the way, enzymes are basically the catalyst for all functions of the body. I can't talk. I can't walk. I can't speak. I can't do this without enzymes. That's what repairs us and allows us to... The spark of life, right? Most of the thing on raw food, that's all Dr. Edward Howell and everything like that. Is that it has enzymes, and we get enzymes. What happens is that it allows us not to have to use our own metabolic enzymes, our life enzymes, to break down all the food. The very last function that enzymes in your body are designed to do by nature is to actually digest food. That when I when I I pieced that together out of, over years, and I realized, whoa. So wait. Let me look at all these. Let me go back to cancer. Let me go back to diabetes. Let me go back to all these major physiological breakdowns. Let me go back to like MS and Parkinson's, all these neurological breakdowns, everything that's breaking people down. Now I have a different frame of reference. If you look at all the alternative cancer therapies, like the major ones, and you can reference them all, they have a few things in common. you guys care about any of those? There's a few commonalities, one of them is green juice saturation, streamlining chlorophyll and oxygen into your blood supply. People are wondering, you know, what's the difference between green smoothies and green juices? I know it's on someone's mind here. I know it. Someone's thinking they're like, okay, I'm going to pin him down on that one. The big difference is that one has fiber, the other doesn't. They're both important. I'll leave it at that. They're both important. But green juice bypasses the digestive system and goes straight into the blood. And for most people, especially if you have a cancer, because all a cancer really is, there's a lot of different formations or manifestations of cancer, like generalization, it's basically, I'm going to say something controversial but not really, is that cancer is basically a virus that feeds like a fungus really look at that it's a virus that feeds like a fungus now we've all heard about like computer viruses right this is the most advanced mastication computing device ever devised by you know the higher power that's able to create you know the internet which is based on like our nervous system And mycelial networks that otherwise known as medicinal mushrooms right Um, but what's happening there just really quick aside because all everything I'm giving to you by the way is a distillation of all the complications I've I've had to weed through I mean cancer was the most abstract thing for me years ago I was like whoa what the hell I didn't even understand it and then through years of distilling it I was like, whoa, this is really actually easy. It's basically a fermentation caused by a fungus that acts like a virus. If you look at the cell, the mechanics of your cells that produce energy, ATP produce energy, they also have a a nucleus, right? The nucleus of the cell. We've all maybe heard this in school. Well, we all thought that the nucleus was like the brain. What we come to find out is that it's not the brain at all it's actually your re- the reproductive portion of the cell. What does a cancer cell do? It pirates the nucleus, reprograms it to to propagate misinformed cells. Those the cells replicate systemically. We call that a metastasizing cancerous growth. Right? Now, okay, great, wonderful, and how does that happen? It's basically because we've allowed our, our, the medium, let's call that our blood, the, the fluid medium of the body has become acidic. It's a very simplification, but ultimately it's really what's going on is that our biochemistry has gone from a, from a, a slightly alkaline. That's really our natural place to be like between 7.35, 7.49. So when you start to see like these super hyper alkaline systems, you got to be distinction. Really amazing if someone has an uh, acidosis. If someone is really acidic, distilled water can be great because it can pull out all the, the, the harsh acid minerals, the calcification. It helps pull it out. That's a therapeutic approach. That's a healing approach. For everyday life, though, it can become imbalanced and you can actually put yourself into a hyper-depleted state, right? That's a kind of aside. And, you know, we're into a Q&A, by the way, after this. If you have a question about that, just jot that down. Just follow out my train of thought here. So when the body becomes hyper-acidic in that way, it gives way to viruses, to fungus, to bacteria, to pathogens, basically right Dr Otto Warburg in the 1930s won a Nobel prize for theorizing and ultimately proving that cancer cells cannot exist in the presence of oxygen so that's the number one thing that's going on in these therapies is green juice saturation the other thing is hyper dosages of metabolic enzymes Specifically, proteolytic enzymes or protein-breaking enzymes. Like, who here takes enzymes? Okay, this is a good one. How how many enzymes do you think you're were you told to take? Like one or two, maybe with a meal. Okay, right, yeah. So what they're doing, like Nick Gonzales, Dr. Nick Gonzalez he has a clinic where he basically puts people on 120 pancreatic enzymes one to two times a day. So we're like, oh, so when you read these labels, by the way, you know, just like regulations, FDA, and, you know, Food and Drug Administration, even though those two things should have nothing to do with each other, um, when they, they have some regulations on how much you're supposed to take, right? So when you're reading, what is this? This is a... Skate liver oil, okay. So, a serving size, two capsules, 500 milligrams. That's great, but I bet you that's not the real dosage. I just, I, I bet, right? So I just put that out there. That's just a quick little distinction to know about because people are buying all these supplements, getting all these things, and they're doing, like, they're basically doing the, you know, a little bit every day. And they're not getting the results they need. Especially for a lot of us that are under tremendous amount of stress, that are breaking down at the seams, maybe carrying way more weight and toxicity than we can handle, and just kind of trying to go through the day, we might need a heavier artillery, but also being gentle, knowing your limits, than you are recommended. Right, that's a really important thing I want to put out there. So that's those are two very powerful commonalities that are showing up in all the major cancer therapies. Obviously, there's like IV um, vitamin C drips. Powerful vitamin C is extremely powerful. when I say vitamin C, I'm not talking about ascorbic acid. Now, ascorbic acid does work, and, and so it can it is effective. But it can but it's a synthetic synthetically derived form of vitamin C it's not it's not genuinely vitamin C that you would get from like acerola cherry or amla berry or camu berry or cockatoo berry or any of those things to me my whole philosophy is this go to food first right go to food first and ho- you know a, a vegetarian vegan um, frame first but does it end there? Does it always? Is that going to be your 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 thing forever? Probably not. But you go there first because a most people, in my opinion, need to have the experience of cleaning out the animal residue, especially all the factory farm residue. That stuff causes the fermentation. It causes the 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 basically the fuel supply to these critters in the body. One of them starts with a P. Pup pup pup. What's that? Parasites. Not enough. Nobody. No, my dog might have parasites. We don't have those things though, right? No way. Do you know it's illegal to to actually put that like on your website or anything? Parasites. Wonder why that is. Might have something to do with something, right? So cleaning the body out of that stuff is really critical. So you have the experience of it. Again, I'm not saying that you need to do that long-term. I'm saying invite the experience. The biggest thing that ever had, the most important, powerful, transformative thing that ever happened to me, mind, body, spirit, emotionally, was letting go of my attachment to animal products, animal protein, whatever story I was under about that, and experiencing life just basically basically being fueled by nature and being fueled by plants. And then I had a reference for it. I found like, okay, this is working. And then at certain times when it wasn't working to the point that I thought was optimal, then I started to experiment with little things like ghee butter, clarify ghee butter. I found for me that's a great, powerful fat source. And the cool thing about ghee, and I think why it works for pretty much almost everyone is that it's it's clarified I mean, that's a purified form of ayurvedic butter they you know the indian culture by the way is such an amazing vault of teachings especially when it comes to how to do a vegetarian diet appropriately cuz we don't have very many examples lineage wise or historically of successful vegan cultures we have we have like the mythos that we have the you know the um um, there's a there's a number on the top of my head. I can't... There's a, there, like the scenes and, and stuff like that of people that are very deep into fasting and, and at that level of kind of a spiritual path. But ultimately, I really think that vegetarianism, pure, you know, you dance with it however you want to, but I think vegetarianism is ultimately the road to go for most people. Because when you add in things like clarified ghee butter, it basically, it basically strips out... The lactose and the casein protein. Those are the two things people have a big problem with, especially the casein. Casein's implicated in, in all forms of diabetes. Now, most of it's obviously pasteurized, homogenized, antibioticized, unbelievable millions amount of pus in present in that you know, conventional dairy and, and you know, all kinds of things you never want to know about. So, what do you do with that? You move over to raw, preferably goat's dairy. Now, the clarified ghee butter comes from cows, and that, but because they, they strip those elements out of it through heating, not through like some weird factory processing, but by just heating the butter so all that residue rises to the top, and then they can scoop it out. Right? And it has a high heat flash point which is really critical to know about when it comes to oils, right? When it comes to like, what kind of oil are we going to use? Because most people that are that have like kind of the gunked up, they, our body is basically a series of tubes. That's the, that's the best way I could just kind of simplify that. Think of your body as a series of tubes in just like piping system. When you get residue or you get like whatever that rust, corrosive iron, whatever that stuff is, that corrodes the inner lining of the, the, the piping system. And, you know, when you turn on the sink, go, eh, 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 you know what I'm talking about? That's basically what happens to our capillaries, our arteries, our veins, the aorta of our heart, the three pipes that go from our heart to our brain. If that gets clogged up, what ends up happening is stroke, cardiovascular disease, again, diabetes, hypoglycemia. Right, Blood sugar disruptions. Very simple way of looking at it. So what if we reverse engineered that? What if we cleaned out the pipes? Colonics. Has anyone here had a colonic before? I'll tell you what, that right there, everything I've said here besides the game barefoot, that may be the thing too. I mean, if you're like really into instant gratification, that is really Powerful. I know people, look, I know people that have been in church for 20 years that have just like been sitting patiently waiting to receive the Holy Ghost and it just never has happened. And then they go down to Hawaii, they get their first colonic and they have a religious experience like that. Cuz now because literally there's a there's an energy flowing through you because the piping gets dislodged. Right, that, that to me, and, and if you've never had a colonic, trust me, it's, it's, you probably have some apprehensions about it, you have some ideas about it, that's not that's not going on at all. It's actually incredibly easy and pleasurable experience once you do it. Because the number one issue in the world, my opinion is, the number one thing that's really disrupting people's attitude and causing them to be like in a depressed state or a stagnated state, they can't get themselves going, A lot of it is just constipation, you know, just honestly speaking. A lot of it is just being backed up and being full of you know what. You watch politicians on TV. that, That dude is full of what, right? I mean, the biggest thing we could do in this country is not politics. It's not more legislature or any of this stuff. It's actually just getting a colon hydrotherapist into the White House. That is the most powerful thing we can do, is I guarantee policies will shift. Policies in your family can shift. Just start cleaning out the piping system. And so beyond that, the next the next the next phase of holistic health mastery, mastering your own health evolution, is this idea around superfoods. And what is a superfood? Basically, superfoods are the most powerful foods that have been identified in our culture, but have really been staples in every major culture around the world for hundreds to thousands of years. And we live in a time of abundance. We live in such prosperity right now where we literally don't have to authentically worry about almost anything we get to worry about a whole lot of stuff but do we need to worry about anything no comparatively speaking absolutely not we have literally every option to save ourselves and have a great time at the same time available to us literally right in front of us I mean you're here right now if you weren't here you could just one click on Amazon get anything delivered to you like that you don't have to travel to China to get the best ginseng, or shisandra berry, or reishi mushroom, right, or Yukomi or whatever the deal is, you can actually be here in an environment that facilitates education around these amazing products and shows you how to do it and why this could be really powerful for you. And it's all available right here. I mean, that right there to me is is profound. That reminds me about the most important piece of all this, which has nothing to do with food. But the food can actually help influence this, which is being in a state of prosperity at all times possible. Holding the frequency of prosperity. The greatest insight I've ever gotten for my life is that I'm always taken care of at all times. At no point am I not being taken care of. And I realized I had been coming from a little more of an atheistic type of uh attitude, not that I ever subscribe to that, but in my idea of doubt, fear, shame, guilt, feeling deprived, feeling separated, I realize, like, wow, that's all, like, kind of, like, that's that's me assuming, A, that I know what's best, that I even have the answers, and, B, that I'm not actually walking side by side with the angels. Anyone here read Goethe? Johann von Wolfgang Goethe? Anyone, you know, the, the German uh, playwright, he wrote the story of Faust, right? The alchemist or the scholar who signs his soul to the devil for fame and fortune right now, but in 20 years has to actually pay his debt for eternity. You know that archetype that basically plays out into every major, art, every story, the hero's journey, right? Joseph Campbell, all that. Well, Goethe has a really interesting quote that comes out of Faust. And it goes like this. Basically, the angels that came to Faust's aid at the end of his whole kind of journey of becoming famous, trading his soul to the devil to have fame, fortune, you know, all these things that he felt was lacking, but then 20 years later has to go into hell and serve his debt. And then... Basically goes through a whole kind of redemption process. And then at the end of it, uh, the angels say, those who strive with all their might, we are allowed to save. So at the tail end of this whole talk, if I could have you guys walk away with something, that to me is something. That's an insight that comes through from raw raw living foods. That's an insight that comes through from the willingness and the courage to step into who you really are. Detoxification. The true essence of detoxification is stripping away everything that is no longer you in order to become more and more of who you really are and to do what you love to do. The most powerful thing you can do for your health and your family's health and well-being and harmony is to do what you love to do, right? When your work is play, you'll never work another day that that is powerful you could be on the best raw food diet ever existed in humanity and if you are have a cognitive bias because you have to wake up at a certain time to go to employer that you don't particularly like to do something that you don't enjoy that's a that that's a they're diametrically opposed to each other living foods is about helping you increase your frequency of prosperity And the continual synchronicity of what shows up in front of you. This is when it gets, this really here, this is the conversation that I really would love to happen more in the health field. The merging of not only, you know, spirituality like woo woo, esoteric, like that, not really that, but the merging of why food is important in the first place. Why do you want to be healthy? Once you actually identify that for yourself and you determine why it is, it might be your children. It might be your grandchildren. It might be a legacy that you know you have inside of you that you want to leave before you leave. You might have some kind of contribution that's just locked up in a vault of knowledge. And you want to leave that before you have to depart this place. I think the biggest, the, the most, the thing that, that, that strikes me and hits me the hardest in this world is that every single time someone goes down with a dehabilitative disease, something that could have been prevented, something with a little bit of foresight could have been prevented, that never had to happen. It's like a vault of knowledge being burnt down, like a library, all that person's experience, all their skills, everything they've developed, all their memories, everything that they could have given to the world it's like a library being burnt down and each one of you is that library in your own right and so by adding in some of these amazing superfoods you can actually influence that life force that source of life that's inside of you that's the teachings of tonic herbalism by the way That's the great teachings of the traditional herbal systems is that in Chinese herbalism, you have three energetic, uh, let's just call it philosophies, that relate to how your your body energetics and your, your physiology actually work. It's called qi, jing, and shen. This is the Chinese perspective is that your qi is your animated life force. It's like how I'm moving, right? Like Westerners have really good qi. Like we're like firepower, basically. Like, you know, I'm going to make it happen. If it's to be, it's up to me. I'm going to make it happen, right? We have a lot of chi, but the jing is what we tend to lack on because we're in such a workaholic mode. We're pushing through, we're pushing through, pushing through, constantly dealing with stress until that point where stress just breaks us down. But jing is like our battery pack. So your Jing is is basically located in your your kidney adrenal region, physio you know organ wise, it's in that area. So when we have an adrenal exhaustion, our battery packet's extinguished. That's our our Jing, and basically the Chinese believe that our Jing is our life force. And you have things like prenatal Jing, um, and then life Jing, like the Jing that's given to you by your your mother. Um, dominantly but also the father and that they donate to you based on their level of vitality and their genetics that they pour into your gene pool who you ultimately become but here's the cool thing about it the old reductionistic scientific materialistic viewpoint that we have in our made-up world is that whatever you get you get when you're born that's it up oh, roll the dice up oh, this is your lot in life well You know, you got about 20 years, good years, but then, you know, it kind of goes downhill. So just take these pills and, you know, just kind of submit. But the teachings of Chinese herbalism and all herbal systems and everything I'm talking about are that you actually can replenish your life bank account. It's kind of like enzymes and also this idea of Jing is that you're you're a lot in life that your genes are not your destiny basically you you have complete control based on lifestyle factors based on your relationships based on the harmony of your relationships based on the love in your life based on your obviously your food habits and how you organize this ultimately what it comes down to is your value system if you wanna get clear on this If you want to avoid the the food cravings and all that, bring it down to what do you value? How do you transform yourself? How do you really transform yourself? Not just an idea. How do you really do it? It's based on your value systems. What do you value in your life? Once I got clear on...